Welcome to this final episode of the week. Uh, this episode will cover Ether chapters 13, 14, and 15. <clears throat> I do reserve the right to call an audible if this starts to get a little long, but I don't anticipate it. My plan is to give you a broad overview of these three chapters, and then just a, f- a few little points. Uh, again, I I have no authority to tell you, like, hey, chapter 12 is like, much better than any other chapter, but in this week's chapters, my studies, which obviously is going to come through in, in the podcast that is hosted by me, were centered and, and focused on chapter 12. Not again, not to say that chapter 13, thir- chapters 13, 14, and 15 don't have insights and things to learn from or aren't important. Um, I just, I, I learned more from chapter 12, and so hence there's two episodes about chapter 12. So, chapter 13, 14, and 15. Uh, Ether, Moroni quotes, uh, pulls from Ether's writings, and he talks about the uh, New Jerusalem and in the last days. He then tells the story of Ether getting kicked out. Chapter 14 and 15 uh, basically just are the complete and utter downfall of the Jaredites because of iniquity, because Coriantumr specifically and his people refused to repent. Ether went to Coriantumr and calls him to repentance and Coriantumr rejects. So uh, one thing that's to note about that situation is that there was another party outside of Coriantumr but Ether specifically says to him, to Coriantumr, if you don't repent, if your people don't repent, it doesn't matter what the other people do, you, everyone's going to be destroyed. So, uh, in, your, in our life, it doesn't matter what other people do. We need to repent. You, me, we control us. And as we repent, we can bring, uh, because repentance brings uh, protection. And something that uh, we've talked about on the podcast uh, many times. Repentance being, brings protection, and Coriantumr rejected that protection. In the beginning of chapter 13, uh, though, Ether talks about uh, New Jerusalem, and there are a uh, few things to note about the New Jerusalem. Here are the, some of the things that Ether shares about the New Jerusalem. He says, it will be a holy sanctuary of the Lord, It will be built on the American continent for the remnant of the seed of Joseph. It will be a holy city like Jerusalem, built unto the Lord. It will stand until the earth is celestialized, and it will be a city for the pure and righteous. So, uh, there's also actually three different times in different uh, New Jerusalems, really, that Ether talks about. And President Joseph Fielding Smith said, The prevailing notion in the world is that the New Jerusalem is the city of Jerusalem, the ancient city of the Jews, which in the day of regeneration will be renewed. But this is not the case. We read in the book of Ether that the Lord revealed to him many of the same things which were seen by John. Ether, as a member of the church, will know, Ether, as members of the church will know, was the last of the prophets among the Jaredites, and the Lord had revealed to him much concerning the history of the Jews and their city of Jerusalem, which stood in the days of the ministry of our Savior. In his vision, in many respects similar to that given to John, Ether saw the old city of Jerusalem, and also the new city which has not yet been built. 
and he wrote of them as follows, as reported in the writings of Moroni. In the days of regeneration, when all things are made new, there will be three great cities that will be holy. One will be Jerusalem. Uh, sorry, uh, so I, in my notes, we got to back up here, because in my notes I says, and he wrote of them as follows, as reported in the writings of Moroni, which is Ether chapter 13, verses 2 through 11. And then President Fielding, uh, Joseph Fielding Smith continues and says, In the day of regeneration, when all things are made new, there will be three great cities that will be holy. One will be the Jerusalem of old, which shall be rebuilt according to the prophecy of Ezekiel. One will be the city of Zion, or of Enoch, which is was taken from the earth when the, uh, Enoch was translated, which will be re- restored. And the city of Zion, or the new Jerusalem, which is to be built by the seed of Joseph on this, the American continent. So those three new Jerusalems are mentioned in verses, especially four, uh, 3, 4, 5, uh, and 10 as well. All right, so Ether shares this. He calls them to repentance. Uh, and it says, Now Corantimer, having studied himself in all the arts of war and all the cunning in the world, wherefore he gave battle unto them who sought to destroy him. But he repented not. And how does that end? If we spend our time on all worldly knowledge and all worldly wisdom and all the worldly arts, but we fail to repent, we fail to follow Christ, how does it end? Well, we read in the book of Ether, in the end of Ether, doesn't end well. So Ether, who is the heir apparent to the Jaredite throne, was rejected by the people in power, namely, especially Corantimer. And so the, the fact that he was the grandson of the deposed king to, that Corantimer was sitting in place of uh, was making and was making accusations against Corantimer probably caused some strong bias, like I, I've mentioned. Uh, because both his person and his message were unwelcome in Coriantumr's court, Ether ends up fleeing to the wilderness, and he ends up becoming an enemy and lived as a recluse in a cave. Uh, he warned the people, observed the war by night, and recorded the tragic events. And that's and that's what Ether now does. And actually, I just realized I wanted I skipped over a quote that I wanted to make sure I, I shared. It's short and sweet, but it relates to. Uh, Corantimer's effort in studying in all the ways of the world. Uh, Joseph B. Worland said, The only power strong enough to withstand a fullness of iniquity is the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Coriantumr rejected that. So, uh, what happens? War. War happens, as can be expected. Coriantumr gave shared battle Again, in the Valley of Gilgal, in which he beat Sherod and slew him. So, beats one of his rivals here. And uh, Sherod's, you think, oh, hey, hey, it's over. But, the war just raged on, even after he killed his enemy. This this personal pride, this rivalry between him and Sherod, as it starts, which then becomes a rivalry between him and Shiz, had just... Uh, permeated throughout the entire society and Coriantumr gets injured so he can't go to battle and for the space of uh, two years it says and in which time all the people upon the face of the land were shedding blood and there was none to restrain them there's just mass war and destruction going on and so chapter 14 the people would remain in iniquity Coriantumr uh, starts a war against Gilead and then Lib and then Shiz 
in in that order. So it goes from Sherid, then to Gilead, then to Lib, and then we end at Shiz. And they were, it says in verse 20 in chapter 14, that they were divided and a part of them fled to the army of Shiz and a part of them fled to the army of Korant. Where we have this just significant polarization of the society. It's left and right. It's white and black. It's just, there's a, there's no middle ground. There's this complete polarization. And we learn uh, the danger of that type of polarization from the book of Ether here. Uh, and the people continue to be wicked. And then it says, and thus we see the Lord did visit them in the fullness of his wrath and their wickedness and their abominations had prepared a way for their ever- everlasting destruction. What had prepared a way? Not the Lord, not because he wanted to punish them, but because of their actions. They refused to repent. They now, were instead of being refined, were being ruined. Instead of being protected, they were being destroyed because they uh, rejected repentance and the fullness of the gospel. And uh, I think in a great way of summarizing in verse 6, in, ver- in chapter 15, we read, And it came to pass that the people repented not. So what did that lead to? But behold, the Spirit of the Lord did had ceased striving with them, and Satan had full power over the hearts of the people. For they were given up unto hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds, that they might be destroyed. Wherefore, they went again to battle. So that's verses 6 and 19 from chapter 15. And I think those verses go together really great. When we fail to repent, what we're doing is, uh, when we're called to repentance, and I've mentioned this in the past in other episodes, and uh, when we're called to repentance, when we're given, when the prophet speaks, the neutral ground goes away. We can't be neutral. And so if we fail to repent, that is our choice. We are making a choice to give our hearts to Satan, essentially. And that's what these people had done. Uh, and they there were, there were real world consequences for this. In chapter 15, verse 11, it, was, uh, it says that the Koriantumur came to the hill Rama. And it came to pass that they did gather together all the people upon the face of the land who had not been slain. So everyone except for Ether gathers together. Wherefore they were for the space of four years gathering together the people that they might get all who were upon the face of the land, that they might receive the strength, all the strength which was possible that they could receive. What kind of strength were they seeking though? They were seeking all the worldly strength. And without God, without the Spirit, and the Spirit had ceased to strive with them because the Spirit does not dwell in unholy temples, Helaman 14, all the worldly power amounted to nothing. All that happened was more chaos, more destruction, more death. And it came to pass that when they had all gathered together, every one of their army, which he had would, with their wives and their children, men, women, and children being armed with weapons of war, having shields and breastplates and headplates and headcloth, and being clothed after the manner of war, they did march forth one against another to battle, and they fought all the day long and conquered not. Without God... All the power of the world amounts to nothing, and we will conquer not. So there's these ebbs and flows of the battle. They wake up, they fight, they go to sleep. They wake up, they fight, they go to sleep. And in another great just summary verse, Moroni tells us, And it came to pass that they ate, and they slept, and prepared for death on the morrow. And they were large and mighty men as the strength of men. But what does the strength of men amount to? Nothing. Without the gospel, without repentance, without the spirit, all life is, is eating and sleeping and preparing for death. That's all it is. With the gospel, we have hope. We have faith. 
We have a, a life that can be full of charity and love. We have a purpose in life. The purpose is to become like something, to not just eat and sleep and prepare for death, but to prepare to meet God. Compare that verse, chapter 15, verse 26. It came to pass, they ate and slept and prepared for death on the morrow. Compare that with what Amulek taught the purpose of life is. For behold, this life is the time for men to prepare to meet God. Yea, behold, the day of this life is the day for men to perform their labors. There is a purpose to this life. It is, as Father Lehi said in Second Nephi, it is a probationary time, a space granted unto men wherein they might repent. Repentance and choosing the gospel and uh, accessing the powers of the atonement and having our weaknesses made strong, that's the purpose of this life. The Jaredites, because they had rejected repentance, they had rejected the they had rejected uh, God and Christ and, this, and the Messiah, and they had rejected the gospel. They were left to themselves, and so the purpose of life had had gone. And now they ate, they slept, and they prepared for death on the morrow. We have friends in our life who don't have the gospel, and they might have joy for a season, and they might look happy. And they might really, in in some cases, feel happiness. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. But without the gospel, there is a purpose that is evading them, that they're missing. And as uh, a general authority came to uh, my mission, said to us, they don't know that they don't know. And it's our job to let them know that they need to know. And as we go out and we live our life and we invite others to come unto Christ and we engage in the work of gathering Israel, we will be a blessing to those around us because we will bring them hope. We will bring them faith. We will bring them charity. We will bring them joy. We will bring them purpose to their life so that they are no longer eating, sleeping, and simply preparing for death. At the end of the book of Ether, Moroni records Ether's final words, and they are, Whether the Lord will that I be translated, or that I will suffer the will of the Lord in the flesh, it mattereth not. If it so be that I am saved in the kingdom of God. Amen. Why? What's important? Ether knew what's important. He knew that his eternal salvation was important. Whether that was immediate that he would be translated, or that that was long and he'd have to suffer and live and die a lonely life for X number of years. He didn't care so long as he remained faithful. He had charity. That's all that mattered to him. And how do you think that struck Moroni? Why do you think Moroni included that? Don't you think that of all people, Moroni would identify with Ether? A lone man having seen the entire destruction of his society despite his best efforts, despite the warning voice he had raised? And what mattered, it didn't matter to Moroni. Instead, you know, was he going to be translated? Was he going to have to live out his life? It didn't matter so long as he was saved. And he, he shared that testimony, his testimony, through the words of Ether. And then he goes on and gives us the, the book of Moroni and gives us his father's epistles. And some of the greatest discourses that we have are, are yet to be written in terms of where we sit now with Ether. Moroni didn't care. He was going to do what the Lord asked him to do for as long as the Lord asked him to do it. He had the type of faith that the brother of Jared had, that he was going to accept 
unconditionally and in advance the word of the Lord. And that is our challenge in our day, to accept unconditionally and in advance the word of the Lord to us. We must hear him and act before we can see the outcome, before we can see the deliverance. We, we have to enter the trial of our faith and act uh, as though the Lord will redeem us, and, and, and then we will see the miracles. Thanks for listening this week and for uh, your studies and your efforts and your thoughts uh, that you share with me. look forward to hearing them from you this week. Um, again, just super grateful that you are, you know, in this, in this time of Thanksgiving, in this time of, of this prophet inviting us to give thanks. Uh, I give thanks for you all and your listening and for the opportunity that I have to share my thoughts and uh, the things that I've learned uh, through study and to have this podcast. So thank you. Enjoy your uh, uh, study. Uh, For those of you celebrating Thanksgiving, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Stay uh, stay safe, and um, we'll talk next week. Thank you.